Life is so uncertain. We're one breath away from eternity. Age has nothing to do with it. The young, the old, I've preached funerals, it was stillborn, two or three days old, two or three months old, 90 year old, everywhere in between. God's no respecter of life is when it comes to that. He comes to get us when He wants us to come. The verse of scripture that, that shook me over 30 years ago and uh, it's found in the book of Mark 13th chapter verse number 18 one verse of scripture we'll read tonight and pray as you and pray ye that your flight be not in the winter your flight be not in the winter what would be wrong with the winter time? It's speaking about the age of life, the coldness of winter. I don't know if you know much about winter or not, but I was born and raised in a place where it was very, very cold, very cold. It was like torture to walk outside into the cold wind, see the snow begin to crunch under your feet. And this happened. It was well below zero in the land where I was at. Nothing much goes on in wintertime. It's kind of a shutdown period, only just what you can do on the inside, that's all. So he spoke of it, let your flight be not in winter, which he was speaking about the, the life of an individual, the lifetime. Seems like that yesterday I was a small child, hanging under the feet of Mama, asking her for cookies and different things, and watching Mama as she lived. I noticed when Mama died, well, everything went on just like normally did. There was no stopping of the music. There was no stopping of the radio programs. There was no stopping of the cars up and down the highway. They kept just like the ordinary did. No one seemed like no one was ever missed because most of them didn't know her anyway. That's the way it will be when you pass from this world. That factories will go on just as they ever did. Never have no holidays. And Everything will go on just like it always did, and your family will go and probably eat a supper somewhere after the funeral and talk about a few things, and we fill our guts, and the way we go, and feel like, well, it'll never happen to us, but maybe we'll, maybe we can live for quite a while longer. Pray that your flight be not in winter. He's speaking about the coldness of the soul, the coldness of the soul. It's strange when you become older, you don't feel like you used to feel. It's different in the feelings of the fingers. It's different in the, the eyesight. You can't see as you can. It's hard for you to button a shirt like you used to be able to just put them on, button them just in a second or two. But you get old, and as you get older, well, these things begin to fall away from you. And strange thing about church seemed like it, when we were young, we are very important. We want to sing, we want to participate, we want to shout, we want to dance, we do all the things of the church. But yet, when we become older, we feel justified the fact that we can occupy a seat and God will take care of everything because winter is starting to set in. 
I thought, as I was reading Proverbs and Ecclesiastes this week, spoke about the old man, said the crown of his glory is his head, which is when it turns gray. I told my wife the other day, my crown hasn't come yet. <laughs> well, we're daydreaming, looking forward to many more years that God only knows. The crown of a man is his gray hair. Brother Hayes, don't, don't be so proud now. Hallelujah. It also represents wear and tear, I believe, also. I want to preach for a few minutes tonight by the help and grace of God. I pray that our flight will not be in winter. I pray that it will be the sweetness of His presence we felt here to the very end of all things of life. Master, help me. I cry to thee, Lord, for help, O God. Give us that which we need, O Master. Strengthen us. Give us that, O God, we need. Anoint thy servant. He's unworthy to be anointed. Touch our hearts with we'll praise and give thee all the glory. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. You can be seated. Time is so important. Especially if we're running short of time in order to see or perform an appointment of some nature. Winter is a, is a, is a time of, of uh, well, there's just not much going on because it's cold. And, and uh, when you become older, you know your rocking chair feels a little better than uh, when I uh, poured a slab out of my house up building. I took my rocking chair out there and sat in the middle of it. And become the talk of the city of Heath. Inspector said to me, and they said, where's your rocking chair? I said, it's in here. It's in here. I'll use it well periodically. Kind of grinned a little bit, and he was happy to know that the rocking chair was still there. But time does things to us. Changes us. Time changes our speed of direction, our walk, and our talk. It's, uh, it's a lot different when winter begins to set into our lives. And the wise man of old in Solomon, he spoke about it. And life goes so quickly. And here today and gone tomorrow. And, and uh, have money today and broke tomorrow. And everything is tomorrow we're going to do better. We're going to make... Uh, resolutions and so forth to be better what God wants us to be. It just seems like a time never gets there in order for it to happen. And uh, the wise man said there's a time of all things. And he spoke about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. In the third chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes he said everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. There's a time to plant trees, there's time not to plant trees, there's time to Put grass on your soil, and it's time it's no good. It all washes away. Timing is the and Solomon he spoke of it in the book of Ecclesiastes. He began to say, "There's a time, there's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up that which was planted." Chapter number three, verse number three. Time to weep, and it's time to laugh, and it's time to mourn, and it's time to dance. Time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. 
time to get and it's time to time to lose. It's time to keep and it's time to cast away. It's time to rent and it's time to sow. Time to keep silence and it's time to speak. Time to love and it's time to hate. Time of war and a time of peace. What profit has he as a worker in the in wherein he has labored? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to the exercise in it. He hath made everything beautiful in its time. Also he hath no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So he speaks of a time, a time to be born, and a time to to die. No one really knows that time. We don't know when that time's going to sneak upon us or come upon us. I want to talk to your heart tonight. I pray that God can speak to your heart. The wise man spoke of a specific time. There's seasons in, in, in the world. There's seasons in our life. There's the seasons as a young child. I remember when I was a young young person, I, I wished my life away. I was wishing I could be a grown person, have a job, and be on my own. It was a desire that I wanted. But after I realized that the best years of my life was sitting under the table of mother and dad, and enjoying the comfort which he was providing for me. Amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. The greatest time in my life. I remember I was 22 years old before I ever got married the first time. My wife died, of course, you know. But uh, I remember my my family, my, especially my sister and my brother. When are you going to get married? I said, I've got a good dishwasher, a good cook. I know a woman that keeps my clothes perfectly spotless. Why should I be interested in leaving that? I'll never forget one day mother come to my bedroom and woke me up and I grabbed an old pillow and I hugged it very deeply and she said, she told everybody, she said, I know my son's in love now. You ought to have seen him grab that pill and love it like he was loving it last night. I know he's in love. I know he's in love. But I was looking for the special one. And God going to have a church full of special ones. Special ones that, you know, just love the, the things that are around the things that God loves. And not the being a precious of the things that God doesn't want but letting it be like it is like I said that life is so short when you really look at it seem like it's here like a vapor is here it's gone like the leaves that fall from a tree that fall into the ground and wither and finally become a fertilizer for for the next year to come but he spoke of the timing the timing I don't know of a better time than the time that God gives us even right now to give him our very best. I remember, I remember when God began to deal with me and I said, time has slipped by, I'm older than I need to be to accomplish that which you want me to accomplish, Lord, there's no way that I can do it. So time was a great factor. 
And my pastor told me, he said, what God's got to do, he's got to do quickly. He said, like to change from a caterpillar into a butterfly. It's got to be done by God and God only. And the way that God does it is the way that it'll have to happen. So a person's got to change from their regular habits and their ways in their lives to be changed in the direction that God wants them to be. <coughs> and so we come to the place that he says here in the book of Mark, the 13th chapter, he says, Pray that your flight be not in wintertime, but cold. I remember seeing a man in the church that was very quiet when I first got into the church, and, and he had a, had a growth upon his stomach about the size of a soft baseball. And I asked him what it was, and he said it was his blood clot. He said it's very fatal, it could go either way. If it goes up, he said, I'd die. If I go down, they amputate. And he's very quiet, no worship, no just sit there and look. I asked a man that had been in the church for a long time, I said, he's a very strange individual. To have the condition that he's in, and yet not worship God or love the, the depth of God. He said, Brother Davis, he said, that man was the most spiritual man in this church for many, 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 many years. But something got in him. Something happened to him. Number one, they voted on a pastor and he didn't like who they voted for. And so he let the world know that he was going to live in that condition. And I helped in the funeral, preaching that funeral for that man searching for something good to say about him, which was almost impossible. But he had made up his choice that he did not, this is what he's speaking about in Mark, the 13th chapter. Pray that your flight be not in winter, a time of bitterness or a time of coldness or lukewarmness, because plants can't grow in the winter time and God can't accept you with a winter type of experience, of a spirit. And so, he wants us to have our flight in the springtime of our life. God, I want to have the springness of life, of worship and praise and love. As long as my hands will go up, they'll go up. As long as my feet can carry me to the house of God, I will walk to the house of God. Come into his house and praise him. He spoke of the different seasons, and Ecclesiastes tells us so beautifully about it. And so... Time waits for no one. The old clock just continues to click away. The time of the coming of the Lord, and yet it seems like that we're so unstable. We have so many things that we need to do within ourselves. We feel like that we need to do this and we need to do that. It's strange how the older you get, the and I'm not picking on the elderly people. Please don't misunderstand me. But it's not that zip, or that not that go that we used to have. It's not there. And so you've got to push yourself. There's times even when you're a young person, you're not feeling like you need to feel it. You've got to push yourself to receive what you need to receive from God. When you need faith from God, you've got to push yourself to that place. Amen. The way a child is born in the same way, in the same measure is the push of the woman it's the church that's got to push itself amen if it wants to be spiritual you've got to push yourself to be spiritual 
You want to pray, you're going to have to push yourself to pray. You want to worship, you got to preach. I don't feel like worshiping. If you'd worship, you'd feel like worshiping. Because you push yourself into these categories. And time begins to slip by so quickly. I never dreamed I'd live as old as I live. I never dreamed. In fact, I'm living on borrowed time right now. The allotted time of God. But I don't want to die with coldness. Coldness in my heart. Coldness in my soul. Coldness of rejection of His Spirit. Glory. Some say, I used to cry. Why don't you cry now? Some say, I used to shout. Why don't you shout a little bit now? Amen. We become cold. He said, pray that your flight be not in winter time. The coming of the Lord is coming so soon. Boy, I remember when 9-11 first came in. The two buildings were destroyed. Everybody was banned by a flag. Unite with America. Now they turn around and burn them again now. They don't care. Have no, have no uh, fear of that whatsoever. People come and feel like, well, he'll be here tomorrow, and he'll be here the next day, and he'll be here the following. But there's going to be a day that he won't be there. Or you'll be there where he's at, and he's going to judge you according to the just deeds in your body. Let's go a little bit farther in here. Time waits on no one. The time of the coming of the Lord is soon. It's here. In Luke, the 12th chapter, it tells us something here I want to bring about in the 11th chapter, 12th chapter of the book of Luke. Someone say, Praise the Lord. Well, it'll be here in a minute. The 12th chapter of the book of Luke, verses number 49. I've come to send fire on the earth, and what will I, if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be buried, to be baptized with. How am I straight until it be accomplished? Support ye that I come to give peace on the earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. For henceforth there shall be five in that one house divided. Three against two and two two against three. He's telling us that here in the in the book of Luke, he's telling us the, the physician's telling us that there's going to be problems in your life. But why lose out with God? He said there'd be two against three and three against two. There'd be divisions in the church continuously. And someone saying that I'm this or I'm that or the other or I don't like this or I don't like the other. But it's not our problem to straighten out the situation. It's time for us to fall to our knees and let God take care of that. Winter time. Coldness of winter. We become bold. We become smart, so to speak. We have more knowledge because we become older. Especially if our hair turns gray, we feel like we have the wisdom of all the earth possesses. God help us to realize that We've got a soul that we've got to wash. We've got a soul that we've got to protect. We've got a soul that we've got to make sure that everything, every little spot or every little thing has got to be clean before God. It's got to be clean before God. God is not going to take home a bitter person. God's not going to take home a person that is a liar or practices lying. 
or does not obey unto the word of God of what thus saith the word of God. Glory. Wintertime, he said, don't come in the winter. Don't let your flight be in the winter. Whatever you do, don't let it be in the wintertime. The coldness. I've been thankful through the years that there were times that I didn't understand. God didn't take me home at that particular time. God help us. He's saying there'll be division. There'll be problems. Father shall be divided against the son, verse 53. And the son against the father. And the mother against the daughter. And the daughter against the mother. And the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And he said unto the people, when you, when you see a cloud in this rise out, he begins to talk about the weather of the west. Straightway you see there's there coming this shower. And so it is. What he's saying is we can determine all factors of life. But death slips upon us in the hour that we think not. And so we've got to be careful in that. So he said, pray that your flight be not in winter. Amen. He's speaking about, in verse number 52, he's speaking about trouble, the troubles that will come. Luke, the 13th chapter, in verses number 6 through 8, he says, he spake a parable on the certain one at a, planted at a fig tree, planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years have I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cometh it to the ground? Why take up the space? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let me up alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. I said I was preaching in Canada one time. I said what some people need to do is a lot of dung on them to straighten their life out where they'll get out and pray about it. You get enough dung on you, you wonder whether you're in or out. You wonder whether you wonder whether you're up or down. It'll draw you to your knees when you feel here here's the garbage and the things of the world. Lord, don't let my flight be in winter time. In a time of darkness, in a time of coldness that I can't feel in. And it seems like the devil tries the very hardest to work upon the wintertime people that have come at almost to the end of the road. He works so hard upon them. After all, old Arthur feels pretty bad. We better not go tonight. I got lumbago. Better not go because I don't feel like I need to go. I don't need to stand. I mean, because I, I can't stand like others stand and so forth. We make excuses continuously. Winter time. It's cold. Cold. I've seen it so cold outside that there was ice, half inch of ice in the inside of the window of the house. Cold. I've seen snow banks and so over that deep. In fact, the other night I had a dream. I was home in the old home place. And I was looking at my old driveway. We, Dad used to have it, his old home place. And I said, I don't, that snow don't need to be out there for my dad to have to shovel away. And I was out there shoveling the snow out of the driveway. And I thought, I woke up and I thought, that's kind of unusual dream but what he was showing me was the love that you loved your daddy he was willing to sacrifice in order to do it 
Pray that your flight be not in winter. Pray that your flight be not in winter. Amen. He said you were going to have problems through the years, but he said he's well able to take care of them. You need to be thankful that you have a dresser to put some put some dung on you sometime. Amen. But the preacher's too hard. Amen. He, he, he does it because the Lord wants him to do it. I've got to get past feelings of hurt. Praise God. I've got to get past that. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, the preacher preached directly to me. He tore me up. In fact, after I walked out of the church, I said, how dare he do that to me? He was talking about missing Sunday school, what he was preaching about. And he looked right at me when he said it. And I went home, I was always a person ready to get into the Spirit. But uh, I had a problem. I couldn't feel like I needed to feel from God. And so I went back to church the following Wednesday night and it still was in my craw. And then I looked for potholes where he was going to hurt me. I looked for them because I could use them against him. And so the next week, same thing only got worse and I wasn't feeling what I needed to feel. And finally I heard a voice inside of me said, go up and let him anoint you with oil. And I said, I can't do that. And someone said, you better do it. I went up behind the pulpit after church was over with us. I said, Brother Kraft, get your oil for me, will you? I said, I want you to pray for me. He said, are you sick? I said, am I sick? I am the sickest person you've got in this whole building. I said, it's not my body, but it's my soul. I said, pour that oil on me. Get it out. What's the problem, Brother David? I said, I hate you. I said, you preached to me the other night when I wasn't guilty. I've only missed one Sunday morning in the last year. And you looked right straight at me and just chewed me up and down for missing Sunday school. He said, Brother Davis, he said, I never even had you in mind. I wasn't even preaching to you. But you see, the devil, he was trying to get winter to come in where I wouldn't feel and want to go to church. He's wanting winter time to come in where I could be, where I'd be a backslider. He's wanting to drill it into me. And when he poured it all upon me, he laid his hand and he started crying and weeping. He said, I love you, Brother Davis. I said, I love you too. And he laid his hand upon me and, oh, what a peace. Oh, back to springtime again now. Boy, I could worship God. I felt what I needed to feel. I had to get that winter spirit out of my soul. Hallelujah. I know this is an unusual message for tonight, but this is what the Lord wanted me to bring to you. Amen. The darkest hour is just before the dawn. It may look bad, but wait. Amen. It'll all work out. In Psalms, the 73rd chapter, it speaks about individuals, and I've preached it many times, but an unusual chapter that tells us about a man that was blessed. Seemed like the one that lived for God wasn't blessed like the one that didn't live for God. In verse number 73, Truly God is good to Israel, even to them that are of, of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped, for I had envious and foolish when I was when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I looked and saw the prosperity of those that, that wasn't in the church or those that 
in the church but wasn't in the church like they need to be in the church. But the psalmist said like this, he said, When I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, then I understood their end. It wasn't until I come in like it was a while ago, the presence of the Lord swept into place. And this was worth more than all the other accusations of life ever, ever happens to me. The Spirit is the most important thing to have in your life. It's to love God with all your heart, your soul, mind, and strength. Honor Him and love Him. I don't care if you got ten new automobiles in the garage. I'll keep what I got than what you've got because my value is worth more than what your value is because I've chosen the good things of life. Praise the Lord. God help us. God help us to wash this vessel. Amen. You need not be so worried about somebody else's vessel. If you'd get yours washed and cleaned up, you'd feel a whole lot better. I want you to look at this as God began to do with me many years about it. And he spoke about in 2 Timothy. And I'd like for you to turn there if you would in 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Fourth chapter of 2 Timothy. Verse number 6 and 7. Paul said, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is in hand. I have fought a good fight and have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord of righteous judgment shall give me in that day. Not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come short, shortly unto me. For Demas has forsaken me. That means that someone who was so close to him that was his co-worker had decided that he loved the world more than he loved the things of God. But did that separate Paul from God? No, it did not. And he begins to tell about some other things here. But he speaks verse number 13. The cloak that I left in Taurus with Capius and thou comest, bring these and the books, and especially the parchment. He said he's ready to go, but he's desiring some parchment. In other words, the word of God that he could read in the Old Testament was so precious to him that he wanted to read it again. Paul, you're in prison. Why do you want to go back through the book again? I want to. Make, I just want to read it. I want to read some more about Joseph and. Abraham and all the prophets of old. I just I just want to, you know, it's hard to read some parts of the body without just weeping and sobbing before God and saying, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. I read the life of Joseph and I get just about to the end of it and, oh, God, what a man, Joseph. One that was forsaken by all his family. Thirteen years in a dungeon and prison in Egypt almost no one loving him no one caring for him it was close enough he went and seen his father when he got out of prison but he didn't do it the nature that was Joseph 
When I read it, I can't help it, but it encourages me and strengthens me. Joseph has always been a type of Christ. And he said, bring me the parchments where I can... Uh, I'm coming to something here in just a few minutes. Bring me the parchments where I can read some more. Hey, I need to read some church history. Bring me some church books. Give me some literature books to, about the Word of God. I need, to, I need to sharpen up my life, my soul. I need to get it in condition. I remember when Dad died, my mother-in-law said, I want to tell you something about your daddy. He said, uh, she said, uh, it was quite unusual. She said, I was out mowing the yard in the backyard, and he was sitting on the porch. And he hollered out, and he said, would to God I could die. She said, why? Why? He said, because I'm no longer a man. I can't even mow my yard. He said, a woman has to mow it. He said, I have no business even living. I wish I could die. But she said, what I want to tell you, he said, for two weeks, he sat in his chair on the porch. And tears and tears and tears and tears. He was trying to check up on his history of his life. He wanted to make sure that everything was under the blood. She said, for days and days and days and two weeks solid, he wept himself sore, weeping, travailing. Wanted to make sure that he was right with God. Paul said, bring me the parchment. Maybe I can find something that I never saw before. Bring me some church history. But most of all, I miss the anointing that I had as I preached through the country. Bring me my coat, Timothy. Bring me my coat. Let me put it on. The old coat that I was stoned in. The old coat that I preached when miracles happened and the dead was raised. Let me slip that coat on again. I want to read that. I want to look at it and see it. And I've got to have it. I want it. It's cold in this old prison house. Let me put the coat on the anointing. That should be your prayer and desire. Oh my God, let me feel what I used to feel. Let me walk in the place where I used to walk, oh God. Let me feel your glory. Let me feel your power, God, like I used to feel it. Instead of that, winter time is coming some of your heart. In the young and the old, winter times come. And you don't see the necessity of it any longer like you used to. The presence of Him. Sister Mills, I want you to come. I, I could preach a long time, but I want to cut it short. I close with a story that a friend of ours lived across the street from my mother-in-law and father-in-law. They were Pentecostal people. And I remember him witnessing to me and talking to me. And every morning, Sunday morning, when I was there on vacation, well, him and his wife would make their way to the Pentecostal church. Talk about it and come back about one o'clock in the afternoon. Looked like they were so happy and rejoiced. My mother-in-law died and was in the funeral home. And Brother Hemphill come to me and said, Brother Davis, 
Would you pray for me? I need prayer desperately. He said, I got mad at the church and walked out of the church. It's been a long time since I've been in the church. He said, pray that God would deal with me or get back in the church. Like I used to be. I needed it so badly. I said, yes sir, I'll pray for you. About two weeks later, my sister-in-law wrote my wife a letter. said, you know Brother Hemphill? He died with a massive heart attack. He was in his car. My, my brother-in-law was a night watchman. And a policeman at the gate, Taylor Machine Works there in Louisville. And he come by and he said, Jack said, I got to go to my truck. Maybe get some medicine from my body. He said he was gone for a long time and finally he thought he'd better go out and check on him and see where he was, what was on. He said, I never saw a man look like he looked. He said he was dead with both hands in the air and the most terrible face upon an individual ever seen. He died in that position. I told my wife, I said, you know what it was? The death angel would come and said, come with me. He said, no, 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 I can't, I'm not ready. Winter said in my heart. Oh, I said it wouldn't be to leave the house of God with winter in your soul. Bitterness in your soul. Things that's unright with God. Sin, unrepented. How sad it would be to say, no, 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 I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And be in a church like you're in right here tonight, where we can feel the sweetness of his presence, wanting to solve that problem for you. What will it be? Will your flight be in winter? The coldness, the farness from God. Or will it be, I'm glad you come, Angel. Been looking for you. I want you to come. So glad you come. So glad. I remember when Brother Kilgore said his mother died. He said, I was in there, and she, his mother said, well, come on in, angels, come on in. Son, this room's full of them. Come on in. Come on in, I've been looking for you. Oh, Jesus, help us. Lord, don't let my flight be in winter. Don't let people disturb me to the fact I become bitter. Take me, Lord, in summertime, springtime. Take me with a praise in my heart, not a bitterness in my soul. Lord, I ask you one thing. Come before winter. Come before coldness sets in. Slip your hands above the Lord together. 
Jeez. Don't let your flight be in winter. Let it be in the springtime of your life. Jesus, we love you, Father. I'll give you what the Lord wants me to give you tonight. It may not have been like what you really wanted. That's what the Lord wants. I pray that your flight be not in sweater. He has no victory over a sinner. But he has lots of victory over a saint of God that comes in the springtime of their life. Don't let me die in winter. 